Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Good morning. Welcome to church and happy Father's Day. I'm away taking some much needed rest with my family. However, I'm so honored to introduce our speaker for today's kickoff of the summer series. He may be a new face for you, but he's definitely not for me. That's because he's my brother, Chad. Chad serves as the lead pastor of Calvary Church in Toledo, Ohio. He presents culturally relevant, down-to-earth biblical teaching and is passionate about fulfilling God's vision for the local church. I know you'll be blessed, you'll laugh, you'll cry, and if you can't have me, he might just be the next best thing. Would you please stand and give a warm Meadowbrook welcome to Pastor Chad Gilligan. Well, good morning, Meadowbrook. Good morning. Next best thing to Tim Gilligan. I'm putting that on my business card. That's, that's awesome. It is so good to be here. That's a pretty tough introduction to live up to. Can I just tell you that? And then I had to follow Brad and Grace. Are you kidding me? Weren't they awesome? That was so great. Man, I heard from Pastor Tim this morning. He sends his greetings, and it is such an honor to be with you. If you go into the gymnasium here at Meadowbrook, you'll find on the wall a plaque that dedicates that building to Robert E. Gilligan. Pastor Tim's father, my dad, we're brothers, but more than just being brothers, we share a dad, and in that we share a legacy. Bob Gilligan passed away just over 21 years ago. He still continues to be one of the finest men I've ever known. He was funny, smart, a born leader, likable, and incredibly good looking. You see the family resemblance in us all, don't you? Do you see it? So that's why today is such a special day for me to be here. It's Father's Day. Yesterday, we had all of my dad's kids together at Pastor Tim's house for the first time in about six years. It was just so good to be here. And uh, I'm honored to be here. My name is Chad Gilligan. It's nice to be at a place where the name Gilligan gives you credibility, and it's not a joke. It's a good, <laughs> good thing. That, uh, that sitcom did it for us. Uh, my wife, Rhonda, is here. We'll be married 24 years in August, and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pray for her. Um, outside of what Jesus did for me on the cross, my wife is the greatest expression of God's grace in my life, and uh, yeah. So we have, we have three kids. Um, our oldest is Clayton. He's 21. He just got a new wife. Not, that's not the way to say that. It, he didn't have an old, he just got married a couple of weeks ago. And uh, our daughter Carissa is 19. Evan, our son, is 16. And uh, they are all back home at Calvary Church in just outside of, in Maumee, just outside of Toledo, Ohio. That's the church where Rhonda and I have been privileged to serve for the last 19 years. It is an incredible group of people. Um, that we are honored to uh, be doing God's kingdom work with. And you need to know a few things before we move any further. 
fact, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but you are a part of an incredible church. This, Meadowbrook Church, is, is a phenomenal place. It is not a normal place. You need to know this. God's favor has been on this church. And you have had influence, not just in the lives of the people that walk in these doors, but in your city, literally around the world. You are impacting people for the kingdom in powerful ways. And that's a really cool thing. In fact, we've got, we've got folks from our church in Toledo that will come and spend time in Florida. Can you imagine that? There's people in Ohio who want to go to Florida. Can you imagine that? And they'll come, and when they're in town, when they're in this area, they'll come to Meadowbrook. And sometimes I wonder which church they like better. In January and February, I don't even have to ask which church they like better. I know it's here. Sometimes I'll ask them, who's your favorite pastor? Your Florida pastor or your Ohio pastor? And you know what they say to help my ego? They go, Pastor Gilligan. And it works. Right? Everybody wins. It's a good thing. Which leads me to tell you this. You know you have an incredible pastor, right? You know that? Yes. Yes, you do. Pastor Tim and Alicia are such a blessing to so many. And I've got to tell you, a huge influence in my life. And that's why it's such a a privilege to stand here today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 2. 1 Kings chapter 2, we're going to look at a pretty easily forgotten passage in the Old Testament that we're going to read today. Just to echo what Pastor Ryan said, happy Father's Day, dads. It's a big day. You have incredible influence. And we're going to look today at a story of a conversation between a father and a son. 1 Kings chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. This is what we read. When the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon, his son. You're probably aware that David was the king of Israel, and as he's just about to pass from this life, he calls to him his son Solomon, who's the heir apparent. Solomon is going to take over as the new king. And in this passage, we'll read how David shares with him some famous last words, because the last words that you speak are pretty important words to share, aren't they? I mean, just just a couple of days ago, Ron and I, Left, we flew out of Detroit to come here to Florida, and just before we left, we told our kids, we love you, because we want them to know that, because it's important for them to hear that. Those last words are important. We told them, don't burn the house down, because the last words that you say are important, right? The last words you speak. So here's what I see in my mind. I see Solomon sitting by David's bedside, and David looks at him and speaks these words, 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 2. I'm about to go the way of all the earth, he said. So be strong. Act like a man. And observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to him. Keep his decrees and commands, his laws and regulations as written in the law of Moses. Do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. And that the Lord may keep his promise to me. If your descendants watch how they live and if they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul. You will never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. Today I want to share with you some some famous last words. Because I think the charge that David gave to Solomon is a charge that we can take to heart this morning. And it can help us. I don't know where you're at. And I don't know what the state of your life is or what you're going through. For some of you, you may be in a really sweet season. In fact, for some of you, you may have some exciting things out ahead of you, and maybe even to the point that you wonder, what what is life going to be like as these new things unfold? Maybe for some of you, you're in a difficult season. 
It's a tough time. And what you need today is a word of encouragement. I want to share with you these famous last words. Here's the first thing that David says to his son Solomon. Number one, he challenges him to be strong. Number one, he encourages him to be strong. Now, this is a pretty familiar command in Scripture, isn't it? So many times when someone is about to do something big for God, God speaks to them and challenges them that they need to be strong. And what David understood was this, that our strength does not come from ourselves, but that our strength comes from the Lord. He wrote this in Psalm 27, verse 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. You see what he ties together here. He he ties our waiting, he ties our hope to our strength, that when we put our hope in God, that's when we find strength. Have any of you heard any good sermons lately on encouragement? Anybody? Have you heard them? Have you heard how important it is to encourage yourself? Let me give you a passage of scripture that might help you. Psalm 31, verse 24. David writes, be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. See what he says here? That when you put your hope in God, you can find strength in those times. You put your trust and your confidence in him. Make sure you connect those two things together. That where you put your faith is where you find your strength. Real strength comes from real faith. It's not found in ourselves. I've come to learn that the times when I struggle the most in life, when I wrestle with fear or temptation or doubt or selfishness or anger or challenges in my relationships, those are typically the times when I'm relying on my own strength instead of the Lord's strength. Anybody else? How key it is to rely on the Lord. And think of the challenges that Solomon is about to face. This young man is going to step into the shoes of a king who Israel loved. And he's got to take on challenges. If, if you read the beginning of this book, 1 Kings chapter 1, or if you go back and read 2 Samuel, the end of that book, you'll see the drama that he was stepping into. He had challenges that he was facing. He knew that he would need to have strength in those times. And think about the challenges that you're facing. Or maybe the ones you're about to face. Or maybe the ones you don't even realize you're going to face yet. Where is your strength going to be found? I can tell you it's not going to be found in your muscles or in your knowledge, or in your money. Strength does not come from something we have, but from someone we know. And when we put our confidence in God, it's not in what I have, it's not in what I can do, it's in who I know, that's where I find strength. If you wonder about this, David knew it firsthand. Go back to maybe the the very first Bible story some of us ever learned. Do you remember the story of David and Goliath? You remember that story where where Goliath gets it right between the headlights and David shows everybody he knows how to get ahead? Do you remember that part? And in that story, you have this classic battle. Before the battle takes place, there's smack talk. Listen to what Goliath says. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 41. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? Then the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. That's some smack talk, isn't it? Relying on strength in himself. Saying, look at what I am going to do to you. Do you remember how the story ends up? (laughs) How'd the smack talk work out? Not so good. But what bothers me is that oftentimes when I'm facing a challenge, I have a tendency to talk like Goliath. Anybody else? 
What I need to do is talk more like David. Look at what David says. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. See what David says? He says, look, my strength isn't founded in myself. The things that I do, the way that I live, the victories that come my way, don't come because of my strength. They come because of the Lord. We, we can be honest here today. We're friends, right? Right? Okay, good, good. I mean, we're almost family, Right? Okay, you're facing some things where you need strength. There are places in your life, you have challenges at home. Maybe with your kids, your parents, your spouse, your your finances. You you have circumstances at work or at school where you're overwhelmed or you have coworkers or there's these frustrations that come. There are challenges that just come in life through our health, through depression, through fear. Some of you just feel stuck. And in those moments, remember that victory doesn't come by your own strength. It comes from the Lord's strength. And when we put our confidence and our trust in him. Some years ago, I remember doing something that that some of you never do. I was just kind of sitting around whining. Any of you ever whine? Whining is my spiritual gift some days. Wrong spirit, still a gift. I remember sitting there just looking at the things I was going through. I was overwhelmed with my job. I was frustrated with some people in my life. I was was disappointed with circumstances and knew that things weren't as good at home as they should have been. And in the midst of all that, I invited my friend Pity over for a party. You ever been to one of those? And as we were partying, we were having a good time. I came across this verse, Proverbs 24, verse 10. If you falter... In a time of trouble, how small is your strength? If if you can't make it through this, Gilligan, you're not near as strong as you think you are. You know what the problem with your strength is? You're struggling because your strength is in yourself instead of putting your strength in the Lord. Because is God's strength ever small? No, he is a God of great strength. So understand this, the problem wasn't with my capacity. The issue was a crisis of my faith. I had forgotten that my strength came from the Lord. Don't forget this, strength and faith go hand in hand. And where you put your faith is where you will find your strength. Several years ago, I I had this really cool opportunity to take a missions trip to the nation of Madagascar. Anybody ever been to that cartoon nation? Have you seen the, you've seen the cartoon Madagascar? It's nothing like that. It's this large island off the east coast of the southern part of Africa, and it was this really cool opportunity. I remember I flew from um, Detroit to Paris. A buddy of mine went, and, and uh, we met some folks when we got there, and so we flew from Detroit to Paris, and then from Paris, it was a flight from Paris to Madagascar. It's about a 10, 12-hour flight, not a short flight, and uh, we got on the flight. My friend was sitting right in front of me. I sat down. If you've ever been on one of those, those big international flights, you know, they usually have about four seats kind of right in the, the middle of the plane. And then it was me, and then it was these two empty seats. And nothing will improve your prayer life than being on a flight for 10 hours and praying about who's going to sit next to you. 
right? Man, I'm sitting there, Lord, please don't send this person. God, please don't send that person. God, if you love me, you will not send a preschooler. <laughs> Guess who God sent? Mom and his, her preschooler. Yeah, they came in, sat down. I'm like, this little guy is going to kick me and talk to me the whole time. Good news is he only spoke French. It was good. We didn't talk. We didn't have to talk. He was this just really cool little kid. He was so well behaved the whole flight. He spoke French. Watched the little screen, you know, that you have in the seat back in front of you, sitting watching the screen. About halfway through the flight, he decided to whistle. I don't know why. He whistled about five out of the ten hours. Just sat there and whistled. That's why God gave us headphones. Can I get an amen? Put them on. It was a cool flight, neat kid, special relationship between he and his mom. And I watched multiple times on this flight. Every so often, he'd, he'd look over at her, and he'd say something in French. I don't know exactly what he said, but then he'd go like this. Now, if I had muscles, I'd show them to you. I don't have any. But he'd go like this, and he'd say something to his mom, and his mom would get this really special look on her face, and she'd reach over, and she'd squeeze his puny little arm, and then... She'd tell him how strong he was. She'd talk to him about his muscles. He'd just be, this dude was not strong. (laughs) But when his mom was there, he was. When he was with his mom, he had a confidence about his strength that he didn't have in any other way. I don't mean to burst your bubble, but you're really not that strong. But when you're with your father, you have supernatural strength. Strength that you have in no other way. So don't, don't try to convince yourself how strong you are. Here's what might be a good exercise of your faith. I think from time to time, just like my little friend, you might want to look to your heavenly father and say, God, do you know how strong you are? Not because he needs to hear it, but because you do. There's times when I just need to be reminded, God, you are so strong. Which is why David says to his son Solomon, Solomon Things are about to get crazy here. So number one, be strong. Here's the second thing that he said. Number two, he said, Solomon, I want you to act like a man. Number two, act like a man. Not a bad phrase for us to focus in on on a day like Father's Day. But ladies, before you check out, this isn't a statement of of gender promotion. Paul uses similar terminology. If you go to the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 16, he's he's concluding his letter to the church that he loves in Corinth. And he says this, 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Very similar language, isn't there? And the reason he says this is not because he's trying to separate men from women. He's trying to make a point here. What he's saying to them with this idiom, act like a man, he says this, that we are to behave ourselves with the wisdom and courage of a man as opposed to a baby or a child. You know what he's saying? He's saying grow up, be mature, live a life of maturity, of character, of integrity. It's a call. What Paul says and what David says to Solomon is a call to character. Two weekends ago, our our family had this kind of real momentous occasion. And I had the privilege to stand there next to our oldest son, Clayton, as uh, he and his wife, Ariana, entered into the, the covenant of marriage. It was this really cool experience. Clayton's standing right here. I'm standing right here. Ari comes kind of up these stairs that were there in the, in the room we were at. And she rounds the corner and she hits that center aisle and comes walking down the center aisle. And Clayton just broke. He just started bawling. Like he just, he's, oh, 
starts crying when he sees her. I start crying when I see him. She starts crying when she sees these two blubbering idiots standing up front crying, right? I'm holding this book, you know, that I'm supposed to talk out of. My eyes and my nose start to sweat like crazy. I wasn't crying. My eyes and nose were just sweating, right? This is going on. They're standing here in front of me. I finally had to say to him, if you don't stop crying, you're grounded. (laughs) What a cool experience to stand there. Because I was there when he was born. I remember his first steps. When he learned how to ride a bike, when he went to school, when he played basketball, when he went away to college. And now I'm standing there next to my son, not some little boy, but a healthy, strong, mature young man. And on that moment, David looks at Solomon, probably with much the same feelings, and says, Solomon, it's time for you to grow up. It's time to act like a man. I, I, I put these two things together, Solomon. I, I want you to be strong. And I want you to act like a man because I want you to see that God's strength helps us to have character. God's strength will make you mature. When you are strong in the Lord, then you are strong as a person. God's strength builds your character. And this is so important for you to see because character is a sign of strength. If you truly are strong, then it will show up in who you are, in your integrity, in the way that you live your life. God's character comes because God brings us his strength. And I, and I have to say to myself sometimes, and I'm actually going to say it to you because I'm not your pastor. Stop acting like a child. Some of us just need to grow up. And sometimes I just need somebody to say to me, Chad, is that the mature response? Is that a response of character? Because a lack of character. Why is this so important? Because a lack of character will lead to a lack of stability in your life. And character is important to stability because we want to be happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed, don't we? I told you your church has a lot of influence. And if you are not stable, if you do not have character, it will lead to destruction. Which Chad, destruction is a pretty strong word. You sure that's the word you want to use? Yeah, I didn't choose it. Solomon did. Remember Solomon? Whose, whose dad David said, you need to act like a man. Look what Solomon goes on to say. Proverbs 11 verse 3. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. The integrity of the upright guides them. That's a good promise, isn't it? That's a sales pitch for character right there. But the duplicity will destroy you if you don't deal with that duplicity in your life. When who you are at church is different from who you are at home, when who you are at church is different from who you are at work, When your life is not consistently lining up with the truths of God's word, he says here at some point, don't sell it short, that duplicity, that lack of character, that immaturity, it will have the potential to destroy you. Duplicity is a dangerous thing. Does anybody else get sales calls at home or on your cell phone? Yeah, some of you are bitter. 
right? It's, it's just terrible. You get these calls from these numbers you don't know, and you answer them and trying to sell you stuff. I get them all the time. I've gotten to where I, I usually do one of two things. Either if I don't know the number, I just don't answer it. Anybody else? Other times, I'll disguise my voice and just have fun with them. Anybody else? Like, I'll do that. I'll do that sometimes. One day, I don't know, I was just, for whatever reason, <laughs> I don't know why, I was, just, I was just in a bad mood, I guess. Number shows up. It says, unknown caller. And I just said, I've had enough of this. I'm, I'm done. I'm going to give this. There, I'm, I'm done. And so I answer the phone, and I go, hello, like that. And on the other line, they go, Pastor Chad, is that you? Yeah, it's me. You just talk to the real me. You will be destroyed by your duplicity. I can recover from a phone call. Not everything. That's why David says to Solomon, my son, be strong. Act like a man. Some of you are at a crossroads in your life right now. There's decisions you need to make. There's nothing more important than that character, that integrity in your life. David says, be strong. Act like a man. Third thing, number three, remember God's promises. I won't go back and read it for you, but here's what David said to Solomon. He said, Solomon, look, you you know the law of Moses. You, You know the law of God. Obey it. Because if you remember God's promises, if you obey his law, blessing will come to your life. Have you found that to be true? I'm always far more blessed when I do things God's way instead of doing things my way. And he says, look, if if you will do things God's way, you'll be blessed. And then, then let me tell you, Solomon, the promise that God made to me. See, God gave David a covenant. It's the theological word that we use. There's the Davidic covenant. And he said, David, as long as you follow me and as long as your children follow me, I will make sure that one of your children will always sit on the throne of Israel. And what God did was God kept his promise because even though some of David's offspring failed, God didn't fail. And Jesus, who is a descendant of David, sits on the throne, doesn't he? And so that Davidic covenant, that promise that was given by God to David, and then David shares with Solomon, is actually a promise to us. It's a promise to us that we have Jesus as our king. And that's why I challenge you that no matter what you're facing, that you remember God's promises, that you hold on to those things. Because when we remember God's promises, we remember to believe. Sometimes where I get in trouble is where I just stop believing. I lose sight of faith and how critical it is that I remember when you have time, if, if you're prone to do this kind of thing, I'd encourage you to, to do a quick study of every time that the word remember shows up in the book of Psalms. You can do that. Use a concordance, Bible software, an app. Maybe go to Bible.com. and Kind of search the Psalms and, and see where that word remember is because it's powerful to see how important it is that we remember the things that God has said and who he is. Have you ever been in a spot where you started to question God? God, are you really there? God, do you really care? Well, the psalmist did that. We read this when when one of the psalmists was questioning God, Psalm 77, verse 10. Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Sometimes, when I'm struggling, when I'm down, the best thing I can do is go back and remember. Anybody else? Remember that God hasn't failed me, that God's never left me. 
That even in the times when his timing was different than mine, God's ways are perfect and I can put my trust and I can put my confidence in him. And one of the things that helps me to remember is when I see this church. You know the first time I ever came to Meadowbrook? Was, was probably uh, in June, not, not too far from this date, probably of 1990. Meadowbrook was meeting in a hotel meeting room. I think it was on a Wednesday night I came to a service. Somewhere we've got a picture of, of our dad standing out in front of this sign with one of Pastor Tim and Alicia's kids that says, future home of. This church has a tremendous story of faithful people being blessed by a faithful God. And in all those times, you put your trust, your confidence in him. That's the story of this church. And that's the story of so many of you, that we can put our trust and our confidence in the Lord. That in those times when we struggle, in those times when we falter, we can trust in him. That new king Solomon needed to hear the old king David say to him, you can put your confidence in God. Because God can bless you. And God has a plan for you. And God will guide you. And God has given you a hope and a future. And the charge that David gave to Solomon is the one I want to give to you today. I want to give that charge to you because some of you have big opportunities ahead of you. You who are feeling a little stuck or stagnant. Maybe you have received some bad news. Or those of you who are beginning a new chapter in your life. Those of you who have been marked by your past. Those of you who feel like what you're facing is so overwhelming. I want you to know and hear these words today. That what David said to Solomon, God is saying to you that you can be strong because your strength is in him. And you can act with integrity and character because he will come alongside of you and he will help you. And you can remember the promises of God. That when you're in a tough place... When you're in a moment of uncertainty, you can go back and remember who he is. Go back to David's famous last words. I started our talk a few moments ago sharing with you just a little bit about our dad, Robert E. Gilligan. Because I want to end with telling you a story about some of the last words that he ever said to me. The summer of 1994, I remember getting a call from my mom and dad that said that... uh, the doctors had discovered a, a, a tumor on my dad's neck, a squamous cell carcinoma. And over the course of the next, I don't know, 16, 18 months or so, my dad went through this, this crazy journey of chemo and radiation and surgery after surgery. I look back now and honestly, I, I can't even believe the, the journey that he went through with character, never complaining, with confidence, and faith and trust. He's a hero in how he went through this must have been about the end of 1995 that um, the doctors called and said, Bob, there's nothing more we can do. Your cancel's terminal. And we can help you to be comfortable, but there's nothing more that we can do to treat it. And this cancer will take your life. About that time, Ron and I had only been married a couple of years. We, we moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin to take our first job. We were on staff at a great church there. And uh, shortly after we moved there, um, we gave birth to our first son, Clayton, that we talked about. And um, so it was a pretty overwhelming time for me and for our family because my dad was sick. We just started a new job. We just became parents. This was a pretty crazy season. I remember mom and dad came for a visit to Milwaukee in January. It was cold. Some of you Floridians think cold is 50 degrees. That's a lie from the devil. It gets a lot colder than that. Milwaukee in January, when they say it's cold in Milwaukee in January, you know it's cold. It was like record low temperatures. And I remember we were, um, we were, we were all together 
And we were driving, and my dad and I were in the front seat. My mom and Rhonda and Clayton were in the back, and they said, we got to stop at the grocery store. And so we, we pulled up to the grocery store, and my mom and Rhonda went into the store to get something. And my dad and I began circling the parking lot because you know that babies like to scream if you sit still. Do you know that? So we're circling the parking lot just to keep Clayton quiet while Rhonda and my mom go in and just grab one thing. You ever heard those famous last words? So we're circling the parking lot. At this point, it was really hard for my dad to communicate. Our dad had been through so many surgeries. He, he, had, he had lost part of his jaw. They'd taken out most of his teeth. They'd taken out part of his tongue to deal with the cancer. And as we're driving around circling this parking lot, doing laps in the pick and save, I remember looking over at my dad and finally working up the courage to ask him the question that I'd been wondering for days. I remember looking over at him and I said, Dad... You scared? He looked at me like I had no idea what I was talking about. He looked at me with this look of confusion. And he says, Chad, I'm not scared. He said, I've got Jesus. When you know you have Jesus, it makes all the difference, doesn't it? Those words, yeah, those words that my dad spoke. Look, some of you, what you need is strength. You find that in Jesus. Some of you say, that challenge of maturity and integrity, I I take it to heart. You won't be able to do it without Jesus. And for some of you, I want to encourage you, you need to hold on to God's promises. You need to put your confidence and your trust in him because it makes all the difference in your life when you remember you're not going through this alone. You've got Jesus. So I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. I really think that sometimes for us to take a spiritual step of faith, it requires maybe even just a simple physical response. But if this morning you're you're hearing this message, maybe maybe you're here in the room or maybe you're watching online somewhere, and you would say, God, I, I needed this word of encouragement today. God, I need your strength. Father, I need to hold on to your promises. If that's you and you know God's speaking to your heart today, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you. God, I need your strength. God, I need your help today. God, I need to be strong. I want to pray for you. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. Put it right back down. Just say, God, I, I I need your strength today. Lord, we come to you and we thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your word that speaks to us. Thank you, God, for your truth that sticks with us. Thank you, Lord, for an encouragement from millennia ago that when we put our confidence in you, we can be strong. And, Lord, that as we look to you, you help us to be people of character and integrity. And, God, as we hold on to and remember your promises, then you give us the strength and the wisdom and the help to go through the things that life throws our way. Lord, I pray for the one facing a big opportunity. Lord, with the excitement and the uncertainty, would you bring your strength? Father, I ask for the one who is who's asking questions about where they're at, would you give them your hope and your help? Lord, as we go from here, may we go in your strength because we've got Jesus. Now, Lord, as we go from here, we ask that you'd go with us. Send us out with your special favor, God, with your wonderful peace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks, Meadowbrook. Have a great week.
Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.